0: Let's get is it going.
1: That, is that good?
2: Let's do
0: That's it. There's a lot it. of shows.
2: You have a two lot of shows. shows.
1: It's fine. It'll be, Dustin swears they're all two minutes, so it's fine.
0: Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, it, I can do it in two minutes. It's you guys <laughs> following up with the questions. That
3: well, it. you know, if you, if you explain things clearly, we wouldn't have to follow up.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Don't throw um, this on us. Maybe it's a rolling start. I, like I, I kind of like that a lot. Uh, welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba television podcast. I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba managing editor Tori Preston.
3: Hello, Dan.
1: Hello, Tori. And producer Seth's revenge, Dustin Rolls. <laughs> Hello, Tori. <laughs>
3: oh. Hi. Uh,
1: Dustin, I have a question about your name. Uh, mm-hmm. Is... Uh, it? Is that is this in reference to a uh, some sort of uh, gastrointestinal distress? Uh, that's what I was like, thinking. Like actually, Montezuma's Revenge. Yeah,
0: when it came when when it popped into my head, that was my mm-hmm. thought. I don't know how mm-hmm. that's gonna work. But, yeah, but yes. was it,
3: would it be different? Like, what are the actual symptoms of producing Seth's Revenge? revenge? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> I I don't. I, <laughs> you haven't I gone that far. Like, no, it's like gastrointestinal and like blood. Oh, so it's serious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh. But it passes in like two days. Oh, so it's not fatal. <laughs> no. It's 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 serious and painful. Yeah, but... it's serious and acute, violent pain for two days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Deeply embarrassing. Like yes. it's the sort of experience you never want to talk about and you never want anyone to see you when you're when you're going through it.
1: Exactly. And uh what what brings it on?
0: Uh uh. <laughs> Uh, visits to Los Angeles. Mm, okay.
3: You realize um, Dan lives in Los Angeles. I do. Is he I immune? Do. Uh,
0: it well, it, it depends on whether or not he's hanging out with Seth. <laughs> uh,
1: weirdly, no. Even though you know, from a geographical standpoint, we're we're fairly. You'd think close. you would, yeah. Well, you'd think that you know. I don't know. Anyway, look, COVID's not over. All right, it's,
2: it's, <laughs> uh, we're still in a pandemic.
1: You know, going out is always, you're rolling the dice every single time, and not just with producer Seth's Revenge, but other things like COVID. COVID. I don't know. They're like new variants now.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, Does a mask help with producer Seth's Revenge? Oh, good question. Or like, do you need like hand sanitizer, but like for your whole body? Uh, yes. <laughs> just going to go with yes. I haven't thought this one through. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, if you have any uh thoughts on Producer Seth's Revenge, uh let let him know at Love Spackle on Twitter. Uh I think I, I feel like I haven't seen him tweet in a while, but uh he's still there taking your requests and uh phone calls, but in tweet form. Um uh yeah, that's that's well Dustin, what what are you drinking that made you think of this uh this no oh, special
0: disease. This is fun because after I had way too much vodka last week.
3: <laughs> did you? I did. I did.
0: I decided this week that I would go with um the fan- the the fancy beer when you're twenty one.
3: Miller Heineken.
0: No. Stella. Oh.
3: That's fair. Okay. It was fancy to me. I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah.
0: before you discovered like good beer, Stella was like fancy. Well,
1: it came in that in that glass, the chalice yeah. glass. Yeah. So that's the thing. And, and like depending at on airport quality bars, the quality of your dive bar,
3: yeah, like, like certain like, bar that is the best is, beer
0: on tap. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like in the Midwest and South, where they don't you, uh, a lot of places. I'm like, I don't know. If you go to one of those chain towns, have you been? You ever been to a chain town? Like, I grew up in a chain town where, like, you don't know, there's no restaurants that exist except for chain restaurants.
2: Oh.
0: Oh. So you don't, like, that's it. That's, those are your options. And then you go to a bar. Not that my town had a bar because it was dry. But if you go to, like, Little Rock and you go to a bar, most of them, you only have, like, Bud, Bud Light, Miller.
3: Wait, your town was dry?
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Like, there, that's a thing? There are dry towns, like a whole town where they there's no alcohol.
0: With a dry county, yeah.
3: A whole county? Oh. Yeah. Like, That's are you not much. allowed to bring alcohol in, or is it just like you could you don't bring sell it. it? You just yeah. you
0: just couldn't buy it. Hmm.
3: So, you so you had, had to go, go to the
0: next county over to Little Rock.
3: You know, it's to... a really interesting way to like drive up drunk driving rates. <laughs> <laughs> um, is to make people go really far for
1: alcohol. <laughs> make them uh-huh. drive
0: somewhere.
3: To, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, just I, it's just an interesting tidbit I just yeah, thought I'd yeah, know. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but there, you know, that's what you had. And if you okay. wanted really I don't even, I don't even think they had Stella in like that's, Arkansas.
1: That's funny because for us uh, in Hawaii the fancy beer was Heineken.
0: Oh, I looked at Heineken and I thought about Heineken. So it was like
1: a... it was like normally like normal hangouts you're drinking like a Bud Light or a or a something light, something American Light or maybe a Budweiser or uh or if you're if you're extra cheap you would drink like an Amstel Light or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh or or uh, Keystone, Ooh. Keystone was another I miss one. Miss
0: Amstel. Amstel's pretty good. Keystone.
1: But uh but the but if you were fancy then you would get the green bottle, which is Heineken. <laughs>
0: But Stella is also green, and also Rolling Rock is green. Yeah, we didn't have is, those. back no. then. Oh. I it mean, just now gives the illusion of fancy.
3: See, fancy yeah. for us was always—I mean, not really. So again, like Vermont, it was all microbreweries, and most mm. even then,
0: back. even back in the day,
3: I was eight. I was underage and working in a microbrewery. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 I had to get like dispensation to be i had to wait until i turned 18 so that i could serve samples but i was still giving tours (laughs) like (laughs) there was a whole thing um but i remember like if you're so most people still it was just like your default was the local microbreweries because they were just that was what you could get um but if you wanted to be fancy but not local it was corona
0: oh Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I love, yeah, I drink a lot of Corona. Yeah. Um,
3: you but you I remember, did... oh.
0: like, growing up, like, the craft breweries, Yeah. they were for, like, the hipster douchebags, and I wonder if that's changed or if I am just the hipster douchebag now.
3: I don't know. I mean, so when I was working at the brewery, I had, um, I went to a lot of parties, and obviously I was not personally supplying the alcohol, but we'd get somebody's brother to, like, come to the brewery and get it. Cause the whole thing was if you, if you had a microbrewery in town, like their stuff is pricey cause it's like fancy, but they would always have uh, seconds cases. So it was like all the beers where the labels were kind of crooked
2: mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. and you
3: could get those cheap. So everyone uh. in town would just go and get like a case of beer that was just seconds. Yeah. Um, and there was one, yeah. Then there was the one new year's party where I had, I showed up to the party and it was a keg that I had filled earlier in the day. That like I didn't realize they had come and like bought from the brewery <laughs> after I filled it. Like
0: I did this, I did this. Like, it, I was <laughs> like, I wrote so that underwear. batch number. I did that
3: like six hours ago. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: fuck. Well, that's awesome. So I, you know, stepped out my, you know, got, got some shitty beer. Although it's pretty good.
3: Yeah, that's not that's not shitty beer.
0: It's it it fine you drink it, it it feels like uh, camping or something. Like you're, like, what? Like I don't know. It just has an association, like with being outside. I think maybe that's
3: like campfire, like drinking outdoors. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think maybe I've had it outdoors before.
3: Um, I have a question. Did you guys in all of your like, you know, cheap drink drinkings, um, did was Labatt Blue a thing?
2: Oh,
1: but I don't think I've. Not really for us.
3: I was gonna say I didn't. I wouldn't imagine it would be like that big in Hawaii. Yeah, and probably not Arkansas. But I was wondering, like Maine would have it just because it's Canadian.
0: Mm-hmm. I think more like of a uh, Boston thing. I've seen yeah. Labatt Blue. Yeah,
3: because that's my dad's go-to. Like he was never, he would never touch Budweiser, but he like drank Labatt Blue. <laughs> like that was his. Just like. Normal beer, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and again, he was working at these microbreweries, and he mm-hmm. was like, he would just get to the point where he's like, I'm just really sick of good beer. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you just want, it totally sense, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you just want the consistent cheap.
3: I just flavor. want a bad blue. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is? Why is this coming to me? This must be a Boston thing. Natty Ice. Oh yeah. Yeah. What would, what the hell was that?
1: Natty or like ice. natural light.
3: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's some high school
0: yeah oh was I don't even remember what, I just remember natty ice, natty, I, natty ice and, and yeah I hear it in a Southie accent
3: yep <laughs> I, yeah. it's not exclusive to Boston, but well, I can I'm see sure. it being a thing
1: <laughs> Good times, Tori, what cheap beer are you drinking?
3: Uh, I had one can left of my blackberry bramble sour, no. so i'm I'm back on fancy beer, um but I'm already halfway done with it, so you know. Might need to go back downstairs. <laughs> Find something else.
1: Um, as for me, I am... Uh, there's a bottle of half-full-ish half, uh, half uh, Hibiki Japanese whiskey in the uh, Magic Whiskey Cabinet. And so I pulled that out because it's been a while. And uh, I saw that it was in stock around me. So maybe I can get another one if I actually have to buy one. Although it's very expensive now, so... Uh, Probably not, but we'll see. Um, But it's good. It's nice and smooth, and I have to be careful, because it's very easy to drink. Yes. You know, like Dustin with grapefruit juice and uh, And vodka. Jesus
3: Christ. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) The the Southie accent made me uh, remember something that uh, I I wondered over Passover. Uh, You know Boston accents?
3: Yes.
0: Tori, can you do a Boston accent?
3: Oh, it's just the pack the cat thing, right? Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, how would you say Torah in a Boston accent? Ta. <laughs> Tura.
3: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like the
0: R's would just get like inverted you just, you, or something. I don't you know. <laughs> gotta, yeah, you gotta
3: eliminate the R, yeah. so it'd be Ta. <laughs> <laughs> get the tie of the car <laughs> is,
1: is there a correct way to say it I, no
0: i in a boston accent i have no idea molly oh. molly uh uh she um thought that it uh just sort of counterintuitive intuitively it would be torah to-ra. oh,
3: to-ra. yeah. torah 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 like they over they like they go against their natural instinct and yeah, like, yeah, maybe go yeah. too hard on the r. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah.
0: Tura. I think it's Tura. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like just... whatever it is the Tori said. <laughs> Wait, that, how do you say Tori, Tori, in a Boston accent? Tar.
3: <laughs> T. Ta. <laughs> 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 I don't know. That's why I don't go to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to deal with them butchering. Um, yeah, um, maybe they only drop the R if it's the last letter. No, but that doesn't work because it's still packed. No. How, yeah. how do you exchange in? Because it would be toey if you drop the yeah. if you turn the R into an H.
0: Yeah.
3: I guess it depends on what the syllable coming after the R is. Yeah. I don't know. I bet JS knows. <laughs> Jess is going to tweet us and be like, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> have like, a full pronunciation. <laughs>
1: she'll be like, we say th- th- things are, not all words get get messed with. You yeah.
0: know. Well, if we have like some Southie listeners, you know, let us know. Tori. Maybe Tori.
3: <laughs> That's more Southern.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I think just because I say
1: it. Well, well yeah. Dustin, how would you say Riverdale.
3: In
0: Southie, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't even, Riverdale. No, no, no. That's uh,
3: Southern. <laughs> Riverdale. I like, when yeah. you're tr- when you're trying to do Boston, you come out like a like a proper yeah. Southern belle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what accent I try to do; it ends up being Southern.
1: Oh, but that t- business t- up in Riverdale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I don't want to do a, a Riverdale roundup this week, but I do want to point out two quotes recap um,
1: it's a it's a Riverdale, Riverdale recap recap, Dustin, <laughs> recap. Stop what's, trying what's to... the
0: name of this what's the name of this uh... it's dustin's
1: Riverdale recap it's <laughs> That's very it? easy it's recap
0: yes.
3: yeah it's always been recap
0: wait Tori gets a fancy name and I just
1: get
3: I get a recap
0: corner. she has a corner you have a recap I, can I get like a hobble or
3: something
1: you also have a manifest minute <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, into the sinkhole plunk, uh with Dustin. Yeah, you get for so
3: many special ones. Like, yeah. It's just, it's recap because Riverdale, it's RR. Yeah.
0: All right, fine. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Betty had a flashback to the time when she was with the trash bag killer. Like the trash bag killer had held her in a well for two weeks or something like that. <laughs> and um, the trash bag killer let her back up. And um said that she could go on one condition, uh, and he said i uh and, and his quote is uh, no no he he said that she had to help him dismember a body, and then the quote was, This act of dismemberment will be our secret, binding us together forever
3: I mean that's Isn't that, that makes sweet, sense. yeah. yeah.
0: And the other quote uh, was Cheryl's mom came back and uh, Cheryl had banished uh, her mother from uh, Thornhill. And in the meantime, I was, I'm watching this, and I want to go, what? Uh, she had become a nun in the Himalayas at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And then Cheryl says, you're telling me they let an ex-dominatrix, convicted felon, serial killer join their convent? I thought that was a pretty good quote. And that's all I want to share this week.
3: Honestly, that's a pretty effective recap. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: And that's Dustin's Riverdale Recap, (laughs) which has always been the name of the segment. I don't know why Dustin keeps fighting it. But, uh, Um, you know.
3: So, how long did it take you to come up with these quotes?
0: (laughs) Oh, good question. (laughs) Those are from the show. I mean,
3: you know, sure they are. The show that you make up
0: every week.
1: <laughs> every week. Yep. Yeah. Um, Not unlike the, or completely unlike, uh, the show <laughs> that Tori uh, does not make up every
3: week. I do not have is... the imagination to come up with the pure brilliance <laughs> that is Kung Fu. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> <If> <laughs> only, Time for Tori's if, Kung Fu Corner. If only we knew somebody who could claim that responsibility. I
1: mean, look, it's, certainly uh, not me. it's, not it's me. high praise for a television show, which I've never seen. So I can't
3: comment can't upon comment. the quality well, you have, of it. You'll but... have to take my word for it.
1: I will. And it is, a uh, AAPI month. So, you know, celebrating all Asian excellence everywhere.
3: So, That's true. There you go. But and it doesn't get much more excellent than this. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, so, uh, Kung Fu came back from its, uh, one week hiatus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a big, it was a big week for Henry. He went from being a, it was, he had kind of like a daddy bonding thing that started out as most daddy bondings do when you're, you know, like tied, you're like zip tied to a chair. Um, but it ended with like a heist. So I feel like we got a full range of father son bonding there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we yeah, got there the, was
0: a quick pivot there. In it the beginning. was,
3: it was, but it was great. So, Okay. So we find out that the whole secret, so Henry got abducted at the, before the, that was like the cliffhanger. You find out that his dad abducted him and his dad is working for the secret organization that at first you're like, oh no, they're evil. And then it's like, oh no, they're just like secretly doing good things. They're like trying to uh, keep dangerous artifacts out of the hands of like bad guys.
0: Like Russell Tan.
3: Like Russell Tan. So they're, they've been uh, independently researching the bell. And they came after Henry because, if you remember last week, um, so Russell Tan's daughter had had been testing the gems, uh, but to do so she had to get the sheet music that was at that um, like music professor's house. Mm-hmm. So she tests it with the gems, like on his piano, and like it makes his ears bleed. And she's like, "Oh, guess it works." So she like absconds with the with the sheet music. Um, and then Henry showed up afterwards and was like, oh shit, this guy's like injured. And then he got abducted. So they assumed he had done something to that, uh, guy because he, that guy was a member of their organization. So they're questioning Henry and Henry's like, no, I showed up after the fact. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. Like I did not, like, I do not know what happened to him. (laughs) Um, but he's also, because he's trying to protect Nikki and like what they've been researching with Russell Tan, like he's not... He's not really clearing his name by saying, by explaining what's going on. He's just like, I didn't do this Um, because he doesn't trust his dad. So, you know, they're bickering. And, like, the guy that we thought was his dad's girlfriend, who's actually, like, I guess just some crazy ringleader, is about to, like, she's, like, coming at Henry with a knife. And she's, like, going to get the truth out of him. And then Nikki comes falling out of the ceiling in a full-on black widow pose and is, like. Fuck yeah. And, like, just she demolishes the room full of goons in 30 seconds, which was great. Could have gone longer, but I actually like that they're just, it's just, like, speeding through. Like, she doesn't, we don't need to spend a bunch of time on her fighting. She's stronger than everybody. Just have her, like, kick everyone. Right. And it's, like, done. So she saves Henry, her damsel in distress. And then (laughs) after all of that, they're like, maybe we should just, like talk it out and it's like yes maybe you should talk it out before you tie people to chairs so they work it out and they realize they're all on the same side so henry goes off with his dad to find a painting that has a map that'll lead to a scroll which will it is involved in the bell so they go on their heist meanwhile nikki gets a text that mia sick and her side of the story is um she is so Mia finds the jewel and like falls into a coma Mm -hmm. and we start learning the, the kind of backstory of, of the stones. And it has to, it's all tied to the creation of the guardians and the warriors. Mm -hmm. So there was an alchemist in the past before the weapons before any of the stuff. uh, The alchemist was trying to find like the secret to to immortality. But along the way, she took these stones that are going to be used in the bell, but she made tea out of them, which I don't know how you do with rocks. But I'm into it. Yeah. Um, And then gave it to pregnant women, which seems unsafe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she sort of like made poison babies that were superhuman is my what I think. Um, But through this backstory, we also find out that Mia was not the first uh, hybrid like guardian warrior child. There was another one. Mm -hmm. and that one uh, went nuts and was, like, way too powerful. So now the question is, is Mia destined for that as well? So how we find a lot of this out is that Mia's in this coma, but it's, like, a dream state. So Nikki decides to have her brother make the poison tea, which, as a medical professional, maybe he shouldn't have done. (laughs) Uh, And so she goes into the coma to, to, like, dream find Mia. But along the way, she ends up, having this whole talk with paling only here's the twist it's not paling it's the alchemist because the way the alchemist found uh immortality was to just go into the subconscious of all uh guardians and warriors
1: uh-huh.
3: but it's still the actress who's playing paling so she gets to be evil oh and it's really fun because and I really, again, kudos to the writers of the show for finding so many excuses to keep this woman around. Because considering Paling died in the premiere of season one, mm-hmm. and she's still in the show getting to do more and more cool things, I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now so now Nikki has the al- this evil alchemist who looks like Paling in her head uh, telling her that Mia's going to go evil. Um, oh, and we also saw that uh, in the dreamscape, Mia witnesses uh russell is the one who killed her mom so now Mm -hmm. she has this emotional reason to go after him okay um so you know a lot happened oh and uh althea was getting blackballed from all of the funding for her app and unfortunately her husband also had like a falling out with his dad who hadn't cut ties with the the abuser that he punched Uh uh-huh and so he he ended up getting, he like, it was like he lost his job with mm-hmm. his family.
0: Mm-hmm. So they broke,
3: they might be broke. So probably, oh. probably wishing Clementine hadn't gotten blown up. They could yeah. probably use that car.
1: <laughs> That's a lot. That sounds like a lot happened.
3: It was a lot. And we didn't even get to see um, any make with Sebastian. So, Oh, that was kind of a bummer. Mm hmm. But I did really appreciate the the Henry heist. So, it was a big episode. Yeah, I liked
0: how you know, his dad ended up being, like, a pretty nice
2: fella.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, probably still shouldn't have abandoned his family, but I well, get uh, it. sure,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> Seems to be a theme with, like, if parents, you know... But I, but I like the symmetry there. But he had his like, reasons. He had his reasons. And then he's like trying to get Henry to like work with the organization. And and I like that Henry's like, no, I'm, I'll stick with Nikki. You know, it's like, I get that I'm good at this, but I will not abandon the people that I love to do this other thing. right? <laughs> like, um, but it obviously like we're getting to the point where like. Now we know that there is a larger support structure that possibly you know Nikki's group can tap into when things are really when the when the shits hitting the fan.
1: Mm-hmm. And that was Kung Fu Corner. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Tori. You're welcome. Um. Uh. It sound. This sounds like a really exciting show.
2: It's I exciting.
1: probably you should, should check catch it out. Up. Yeah. Should uh, check it out. I mean, maybe someday. Look, there's just so much TV. As all of you know. <laughs> Uh I mean, I, looking at some of the shows we're supposed to talk about today, half of them I haven't seen, uh, <laughs> including uh, the first one up, which is Heartstopper, uh, which Dustin wanted to talk about. This is on
0: Netflix, com- Dustin? It is on Netflix, okay. and it's completely understandable why he would not have seen it or even heard of it, because I wouldn't have heard of it. You know, well, I, there was a lot of really good reviews about it, which is why I checked it out. But it's not really name but our demographic but like one of my very favorite genres is like coming of age love stories because did we lose
1: Dustin?
3: i think we just lost us we lost
1: us all right well <laughs> uh maybe we'll come back to Heartstopper uh Whenever when he reconnects second. um but oh, wait this... i do want
3: to say wait one quick thing yes. just because he froze on talking about how it's this wonderful gooey like lovely yep. thing he described it off pod as like younger skins i thought
1: oh that's right he so did I'm say like that
3: really confused
1: these are not the same show these are not. <laughs> uh just so you for the those of you who you, you listen all the time it's it's not a it's a robust but you know audience anyway uh <laughs> dustin will be back in a second but uh sometimes we talk pre-pod just to chat about what's happening and uh and uh, yeah all, all we're saying is that Dustin Dustin's lying to you right
3: now Dustin lies no it, yeah, re- it, lies. it, it,
0: it, it it's reminiscent of <laughs> skins
2: <laughs>
0: you it's can just, hear us I I, I like it knocked out but but the cat grabbed at the goddamn cord and pulled it up
3: <laughs> but I could still hear you but you're just gonna go oh, okay. to me
0: and I wasn't gonna hang up until I could hear you finish your thought uh, <laughs> And it's,
3: so you're eavesdropping. Yes.
0: No. Okay. But it it is sort of like Skins. Only it's not edgy or provocative. It's just very sweet, and it's about these wonderful kids that and and it all it happens that they're all like queer kids. So it's like, uh, you know, gay kids and lesbian kids and trans kids and maybe an ace. And it's just like, and uh, I don't know how to explain. It. It's just like so wonderful to see this depicted now and like representation for all of these kids that are growing up now and can see themselves represented on screen in very loving and supportive ways with parents and teachers who are loving and supportive and like going through the exact same relationship problems or concerns that anyone else would just yeah it's If you have kids, watch it. If you don't have kids, watch it. I I wrote about it on Pajiba, and like almost everyone that was watching it did not have kids. And it's based on Heartstopper, which is like a popular uh, YA graphic novel series. So it's just wonderful.
1: Well, Dustin, that's way too uh, heartfelt and uh, honest an answer after uh, Tori and I were doing bits. Uh, about you, so uh, no, no, thank you. But, yeah. No, it sounds it sounds like a it sounds like a nice show. And, it is, uh, it is amazing, and I don't mean that I'm not like being dismissive when I say nice. I mean it sounds like a worthy show for people to check out.
0: It is, yes, please do. And it's just eight half-hour episodes Aww. that will fill your heart. And and my kids they just sort of like hide behind their hands and like squeal, and it's Aww. really a lot of fun to watch. Oh, my God, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. Like, oh, my God. No! no, no. That sort of thing.
3: That's what I was doing with the second season of Bridgerton, only they never fucking kissed. <laughs> they just fucking stared at each other. <laughs> anyway, I'm still working out my beefs with the second season of Bridgerton.
0: By, yeah, I was dissuaded from watching that by all the reviews.
3: It was, I mean, it was hysterically funny. Did if you it
0: make it two. all the way through? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I had
3: to, I literally had to because they don't kiss until like like oh, wow. over it's like the episode six of eight or something <laughs> like it's the so much especially after the first season where it's all sex and the second season it's like they don't they just they don't touch they just stare at each other awkwardly <laughs> <laughs> and it was it honestly was very very funny um,
0: but you had like the ideal Sunday pajamas binge day. Yeah. That's amazing.
3: Hung and over I'm... laughing at two characters who like just Right. Are That's... awkwardly staring at each other.
0: That wasn't work. You didn't have to do it. You just wanted to watch this stupid show. Yeah. That's amazing.
3: It also reminded me of all the awkward staring at the end of every episode of Hotel de Luna.
2: Mmm. Hmm. Hmm.
3: Just saying. Anyway. I'm glad this show sounds very sweet. It does. I'm still, uh, I mean, I guess Skins was heartfelt sometimes.
0: Well, this happens to be a British show too, so they did remind, it 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 it's or it also reminds me a lot of Sex Education without any of the sex or right any of those uh, adult themes. There's no yeah. porn here. Just very sweet kids falling in, in love. love. Yeah, yes. Like, Ozark, which was my <laughs> Sunday binge.
1: Oh, good segue, Dustin. Which I
0: did was not do. Was it satisfying? Do, and it, not, not really? Uh, yeah. Have you guys watched any of Ozark? No. No. That, no? Never?
1: I understand it has to do with drugs?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's mostly like that. laundering. Like it's, oh, okay. It, I mean, it ends up involving drug cartels, but, you know... uh, I
3: couldn't get past the fact that all of the stills and trailers look like they were run through like one of the worst Instagram filters. Yeah,
0: there's a weird...
3: (laughs) Coloration.
0: Coloration, which is like a Bateman thing because he like created the show. Right. Uh, It's a good... It's it's a well-acted show. It's well-directed, I guess, except for the color. Uh, It's it's very professionally done and it's like interesting. It's just not substantive. It's just, it's breaking bad on speed where there's no like themes, or it's just like one event after another and it, it, people switching alliances and, and going back and forth. And the, the plot never stops down. The plot never slows down enough to like really get to know or care about the characters, all of whom were awful. And um, the last seven episodes were, was like the rest of the series, which was just like unyielding tension for seven hours and till the end when they kind of, well, I don't want to spoil it on the podcast, except to say it was, it was fairly unsatisfying, but also thrilling.
3: Hmm.
1: Okay. Uh, and this was the, this was the end of the series? End of the series. Yeah.
3: I say you spoil it.
0: Well, I I don't... If if people who haven't seen it wouldn't care one way or another. I mean, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney and their family, the white people, they survive. And then the poor Mm
2: -hmm.
0: person who you love the whole time, the Jesse Pinkman, uh, does not. Um.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. So this is like Breaking Bad if Walter White had come out on top and Jesse Pinkman had been sacrificed in order to do that. But you guys didn't watch Breaking Bad, so fuck you. I watched Breaking Bad. Oh, okay, you did. Dory did yeah, I didn't. I didn't.
3: Okay. I recognize the names. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I read Dustin.
1: I I watched. I used to watch a lot of television. Okay, there was a time <laughs> when I did before, before you,
3: you know, were running a television podcast. <laughs> before. Yeah.
1: Uh, ironically, the, the podcast makes it much more difficult to watch TV. <laughs>
3: Real counterproductive enterprise we've got going on here.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, it's uh, let's be honest. The people are not here for, for, for my takes. They're here for Dustin getting drunk, Tori being smart, and uh, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll say something mildly interesting. Um, that's the that's the vibe we have. that's, that's, I, what the, okay, that's, what that's fair. That's what we've built.
0: Um,
2: yeah, I think I that's
0: think right. I think the, um, the takeaway from Ozark is that You've never seen Ozark? I wouldn't suggest starting. If you've watched Ozark until the final season, go ahead and finish it.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay. So no need to jump on board, but it's worth at least seeing through.
0: Yeah, I think so.
3: All right.
0: But Julia Garner is fantastic. And Laura Linney is like Margot Martindale of uh, Ozark, which is the Breaking Bad of Netflix.
3: And Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman continues to be Jason Bateman.
0: Yeah, and the cool thing about Jason Bateman, and I'll say this about him, is that whether he's doing a comedy role or a a dramatic role, he does the exact same things and it works
3: equally (laughs) well in both contexts. (laughs) It is fascinating.
0: It is, yeah, it's so cool. Hmm. You know
1: who does not do the same thing each time? Is uh, Oscar Isaac in Moon Knight.
3: Oh, he has to do different things because he he's has playing to, different characters. At least
1: two different things, uh, or uh, maybe more. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not caught up but Tori. Well,
3: ultimately, <laughs> after after last week's episode, which was the penultimate episode, um, so yeah, we're talking about this. The finale will have just launched when this podcast launches. So you know,
1: yeah. We're behind, but that's okay. We're behind;
3: it's fine. Uh, but yeah, so here's the twist: after the penultimate episode, Oscar Isaac will have less things to do because the Stephen Grant character got pitched off an afterlife boat into the afterlife desert. What? And is now afterlife sand.
2: What? what?
3: Yes.
1: And that's the that's the nerdy nervous. That's guy. the
3: that's the nerdy British guy. Yeah.
1: Not the not the.
3: Not the not the swagger. Not the one mercenary. who knows how to use
1: Moon Knight.
3: Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Wait, so Steve so Grant.
0: They killed one of the personas, but didn't yes. kill Oscar Isaac.
3: Right. So, well. Okay. Well, no. So Oscar Isaac died the previous episode. So, uh, Ethan Hawke's character shot Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. So. And that was like that last ten episodes that were like maybe in the mental asylum thing where it's like maybe it's the afterlife. Maybe it's like a mental thing. It was it was kind of the afterlife. Um, and so the, the last week's episode, the penultimate episode, is entirely in that setting. Um, so what you find out is that Hippo god is an afterlife god. And she's leading them through the kind of Egyptian underworld. But they're, the whole thing is they're on a ship. And... Their heart has to be weighed on the scales of justice. Um, oh boy. And It's like, if your heart is heavier than the feather, you're unbalanced and you will be pitched overboard with the unbalanced souls. But if you're, if your heart is in balance, then you're allowed to proceed through the gates in, or, you know, into paradise or whatever. So they cut a deal being like, you, you need to send us back to earth because as they're like standing on this ship, they're watching these unbalanced souls come down because of what, Ethan Hawke is doing in the real world he's resurrected that goddess and is whatever um, so we don't see what he's up to we just know it's happening because there's all these souls shooting down like comets um, so they kind of cut a deal where they're like you need to send us back to the world of the living and she's like but you've been shot you're going to go up there and you're shot and he's like I'll deal with it so um, she's like okay but your the scales are just all wonky like your hearts aren't complete you need to go like You have to bring yourself into balance. So most of this episode is them going through the halls of this fake mental asylum, re-experiencing their memories and trying to like fill it out. But the reason they're not in balance is because Stephen does not have it. There are a lot of memories that he doesn't have of Mark's. He doesn't know who Mark is. He doesn't know the full backstory. Mm -hmm. So it's actually like the episode is telling Mark's story. But your your emotional anchor is Stephen. It's Stephen's journey through Mark's history as he, like, witnesses all these things that he didn't know happened. Um, and so you're kind of getting... You see, like, the big moment of, like, him becoming Moon Knight, like, after, like, he was dying and he's at Konchu shrine or whatever. Um, but the big thing is it's, like, you know, their mother... Basically, you find out that Mark, um, the mercenary persona... When he was a kid, he was playing with his brother, and his brother drowned in a cave, and his mother never got over it, like always blamed Mark. And she became alcoholic and abusive, and it was through that experience that the Steven persona was created. And yeah. it was supposed to step in, kind of, um, and take the pain. Except that I think over the years, it kind of became less about this character protecting Mark and more like Mark protecting Stephen. Because it was more like he wanted to have this one character that was this one part of his psyche that was untouched Mm -hmm. by pain. So that's why Stephen doesn't have any memory of all the awful things. Um, So as Stephen, the more Stephen learns about... You know, And essentially, Stephen has to also come to the realization that he's not the core personality. Mark is. He's right. the creation. Um, so as all of the stuff comes to light, the scales start to balance. Um, and then there's like a big battle on the ship with the unbalanced souls because they're not quite there. And Mark he- Stephen has a big hero moment because he realizes that since he and Mark are the same, he can be strong. Like, he can do the things that Mark does. So he, uh-huh. like, goes in and fights and has, like, a big hero moment. And then he gets pitched off the ship and, and is left behind. So, at the end of the episode, Mark makes it to paradise. He, like, the scales are in balance. He's, he's, but he hasn't yet gotten back to the real world. So we're literally heading into the last episode, and the main character is still dead.
0: Dear huh. Lord, this sounds more like Legion than, with like, uh-huh. Legion without the dancing.
3: It's legion without the dancing and without. It's not as deep, like it definitely isn't. Uh, you know, I think we're we're at the point where the plot the plot is all over the place, um, and it only works because of Oscar Isaac. Like his performance and what's going on there, like is what's interesting. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to wrap it up in six in the sixth episode, right? And they probably won't like this could all be like other shows going to come back because like uh, he's dead. Like theoretically, this last episode has to bring him back to life, heal him, free Khonshu, beat Harrow, which means beating the goddess that he's resurrected, Mm -hmm. Um, reconcile or deal with the fallout of whatever's going on with Layla. Like it's it's a lot.
0: It, that's <laughs> a lot. Sounds like a lot, and it just it sounds too far field. Like, but well, and,
3: and the problem is that is the stuff that I'm not interested, in. and like I think that's really it. Like I liked the penultimate episode because it was all the internal. It was the Legion shit. It was the mental projections and like, you know, all of this stuff. It was an interesting character study between these two parts of his persona and and trying to become whole. So it was like for Oscar Isaac's performance, it was good. Um, And it was that was the the meat. That's the stuff about the show that I actually enjoy. So now that that's kind of done. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Next week's going to be a CGI battle. (laughs) Mm, Typical. (laughs) Typical.
0: Uh, I, I it, it feels like a weird fit for both Disney and the Disney Plus and the MCU and just I don't know like the av- average fifteen year old Avengers fan I is is that person going to like the show?
3: And maybe that's and maybe and that's what I can't tell because I'm kind of like maybe maybe they're trying to offer things that don't. You know, maybe they truly are leaning into the idea that you don't have to watch everything in the MCU. And so maybe this is a show that isn't for all ages. It isn't for the whole family. It's for those people who just want to see a deep cut.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And that's fine. Um, But. I, I don't. But I also I feel like that's also just me giving Disney way too much credit. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they probably just thought everyone would watch this and it's like well still yeah. Moon night.
0: <laughs> Like Taika Weird is about as weird as will go
3: yeah and in some ways I think what's frustrating is as much as I really like I, I like a lot about the show or at least I like there was a lot of potential to it but like you're saying it's Legion without the dancing it's Legion without the stuff like Legion was an uneven show but it took big swings and mm-hmm. I feel like this is the problem is with that Disney sort of trying to please everybody like this could have been their big swing could be a failure thing and it's it's the problem is that they made it too it's a little bit too boring sometimes mm. you know like I wish they were leaning more into mm-hmm. the potential of all this other stuff rather than trying to cram it into this like and then he's got to crawl you know right it's yeah. It still has
1: to feel like MCU,
3: exactly in a way Which that ends Legion up being a generic story structure. Yeah. So he'll crawl out of the underworld and beat a god. Probably.
1: I mean, this is also definitely even even with shows that were more successful, like uh, like I would. I mean, again, I'm behind on on uh, Moon Knight, so I, I'm not. This is not a strict comparison, but like I I feel like I was more interested in WandaVision. Um, yeah. but even that, you know, it, it's, it does the interesting stuff at the beginning and then ends up having to fit right. into the MCU box. Right. Um, and even like, or even like Loki, which, uh, I think was more successful in like the way it ends up being kind of like tied back into thing, you know, future events, but say in a similar way where like it's the, the beginning is more exciting and feels like it has more potential before it gets, uh, yeah, you know, pushed back into the into the greater project.
3: Well, and I think I think that's part of it. Like, I was I remember being really apprehensive going into that last episode of Loki, and I actually mm-hmm. think like, given the fact that yes, it ends up being the big like that is the big MCU tie in, mm-hmm. it that felt to me like a smarter, more different way of handling that. Like, I right. actually like the longer we've gone on and the more of these shows I've seen, I have a lot more. I still think WandaVision had made some bolder choices, mm-hmm. but I do have a lot more respect for Loki for the evenness of its approach. Right. And, and, and it's,
1: it doesn't end in like, okay, big CGI battle.
3: Right. It's like, yeah, okay. They introduce a huge MCU character and a huge chunk of like mythology. And and as much as I would hate it, I should hate that it was basically just a conversation. <laughs> You know, I, I actually loved the fact that it was, yeah, we're going to bring in Jonathan Majors and he's just going to do an uh, an 11th hour info dump. Mm-hmm. Because it all, the whole thing was that it wasn't a battle. It all ended with, like, these characters have been fighting the whole episode, the whole season for free will, and they finally get a moment of free will.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, like, what are they going to do with it? And it doesn't matter what their choice is, whatever their choice is, is going to impact things. Right. Um, so I thought, like, in that sense, it was a. It was a more unexpected way to end that series mm-hmm. than a lot of other like MCU shows would do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Moon Knight will surprise us. But mm. I don't know. Mm.
0: <laughs> 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 I yeah, I feel like the buzz on the show is also just cratered. It has. Yeah.
3: Um, And it's tough because I think... um...
0: It sucks because, you know, with what happened on Netflix and Disney's probably going to, you know, tighten up and get more conservative, which is going to mean less swings and more, you know, Captain America versus, I don't know, Thor or whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Dustin, talking,
1: yeah. well, that the Captain America versus Thor battle was actually already clearly—I de- don't know—I'm just <laughs> doing nerd voice. Um, uh, no, but that's a good point. Is that it's it's a, uh, I do don't—it's it's a—it's it's definitely a danger, and that that seems like the danger that Tory, you know, fans such as yourself probably felt like you—it was a worry coming in uh, that everything would start to be fit into these boxes
3: yeah and i think that was what was exciting about moon knight was like just even do even devoting the resources to this character was an unexpected choice Mm -hmm. and it was that sort of well are they going to water it down or are they really going hard and it's like they kind of managed to do neither (laughs) which is and i guess that's kind of (laughs) the disnification of it it's like they didn't You know, they didn't overhaul it completely to be, you know, uh, you know, appealing to all demographics. Right. But they also didn't, they did some interesting things, but yeah, they really tried to fit it into some sort of a, a more comfortable mold. And that loses, you know... At the expense of, you know, leaning into what makes it such a weird, interesting character. Why people would have even wanted to see it on screen, even if they were a smaller portion of the fans. I guess that's that, but that's also the struggle when you're dealing with these kind of comic book properties. The more, are you playing to the general viewing audience or are you playing directly to fans? And if you're trying to deal with comic book fans, you're gonna have a really hard time pleasing all of them, right. especially when you're dealing with a niche character, which means you have a niche fan base. Right. Um. So it is a bit of a no-win, or at least very hard to win proposition. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, but also I think like as Disney continues to do this, like they can't just keep rehashing the same thing. I think they're I think that's what this phase is is them them testing the waters on how they can expand their formula mm-hmm. um but i think it's but i the, the problem is they they're not willing to fail which means they're just not willing to take enough risks right so this ended up being like it could have been a risk except that you watch it and you're like it's kind of not and that, that's what's sad about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it made me want them to just fucking, like, let somebody do Legion. <laughs> 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 and it's worse because we know that they've got all these other properties that they never had control of before coming down the pike. Like, they're going to be doing Fantastic Four and they're going to do the X-Men and they're going to be introducing all this stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And those areas get even weirder than the Avengers stuff like there's so much possibility to like dig in and i yeah and they're just going to keep walking this walking this middle path that they have formed for themselves
1: dustin everything okay over there i'm
0: fine i'm
1: fine
3: (laughs) are you fighting with a cat i'm getting another
0: beer
1: okay it just sounded like there was a lot of Cable wrangling. I know. Or something. Uh, Well, that's... uh, That's Moon Knight, I guess. I don't know. That's... Thanks, Tori. Um, You're
3: welcome. Sorry to spoil it.
1: No, no, no. I mean, honestly, I feel like... This kind of puts me in a position where I'm like, I don't know if it's worth me catching... I mean, I probably... Okay, well, let me put it this way. I probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) Based on my current... TV viewing habits. I probably still would like to, um, because I'd like to at least see these performances, or specifically Oscar Isaac's performance. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't know. It, it also it it reminds me of the fact that like there's so much. I mean, this kind of ties into the way that Netflix, uh, you know, they're they're with the Netflix news uh, last week and how they lost uh, subscribers for the first time in I don't know how long and uh and you know they're they're canceling shows, some of which were not you know had not yet premiered or were still in production or prep uh, and it just kind of reminds me of that um, there's a there there seems to be a real fear to do new things, to do unexpected stuff or to 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 uh, they're so afraid to fail that you end up with things that are ultimately fine right and ultimately fine is good but it's not sustainable like at some point you have to uh you know there has to be a like it's it's like people again not a movie podcast but the way that people are stunned by the success of like everything everywhere all at once where it's like no this is kind of a different movie than most movies
2: right and
1: and it's done well and it could have been a train wreck and, you know, but it's, it's not, it's, you know, good enough or, or great, depending on your, your point of view on it. But it's, it's definitely not like most other movies, you know, it's, it's, it's different enough that, you know, that's it's, why people are interested in it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like people are going just because it's like, oh, we haven't seen something like that. And so right. you can have the conversation about whether you think it's like worth the hype or it's, you know, only okay or whatever you want to think. But like the point is that... People are actually going to the theater for it because it feels different. Right. It's something new. Right. And, and what's interesting, and I think we're seeing a lot more of those coming out lately. I mean, we're going to have, there's the Alex Garland movie, um, men coming out this in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's getting a lot of early buzz. That's very similar. Like the reactions I'm hearing from critics are literally like, it's kind of off putting and challenging and like, audiences are going to be really divided on it especially the last act but like that makes it exciting right (laughs) like it's not just like oh spoilers it's like no this is a movie that people are going to be arguing about because it's like not it's hard to digest Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and and the thing about both of those movies is that they didn't need to spend 200 million dollars to do that you know everything everywhere it was like 25 million dollars so the expectations are as high and you can take big swings on low budgets. You right. don't have to spend $200 million to do that. I'm,
3: right. I'm sure. And, that... and by the flip side, I can understand somebody spending $200 million and wanting to make sure it's not a failure. Like if sure. you going to spend that much money, you want to recoup it. But on the other hand, like don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You know, Netflix's problem was they were spending entirely too much money on things where it was like the quality almost didn't matter. Right. Um, you know it was overspending with no no consequence, which obviously caught up to them, and it was only a matter of time
1: right um, yeah. and and not it, it's it's it is a bummer because it feels like the the i mean just in the MCU of it all like it feels like even these shows they're supposed to be uh, they're such an event. Right? I mean, right now it's all kind of event-driven, like, oh, you're going to see this show for six weeks, and then you're going to see this show for six weeks, and then right. Star Wars comes, and then the yeah. next thing. Um, and it's kind of, uh, it. it's an understandable attempt to hold your attention, uh, but we need, like, the indie movie equivalent <laughs> of some of these shows to get to have the creative, you know, the the creative uh, freedom that then will spawn a blockbuster or a movie or whatever you want. But
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact is like, I understand if Disney is going to have this much of the kind of market locked down and they have more than enough money, it would be nice to see them carving some of that out to take a few risks.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But
3: the problem is, you know, they've built a brand on surefire hits. And the second they have anything that is anything less than that, it reflects on the brand rather than just the title. And that is, that's kind of, it took long enough to get there, but yeah, that's the problem with these kind of franchises is like, (laughs) once it's all linked together, (laughs) like, you know, any one part impacts the whole, right. They've done this. Um, And maybe they're not interested in doing something that would, you know, appeal to adults or only or, you know, have something Mm -hmm. that's violent that isn't PG-13 or whatever. But they could. They could. (laughs) They could and they're not. And that's a choice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know who uh, definitely does do shows that appeal to adults? uh, And that's also a choice. (laughs) And something about a brand and (laughs) taking big swings and sometimes they miss... uh, uh, is uh, HBO. And uh, they have a new show called We Own... Wait, shoot, I'm going to get it wrong. We Own This City. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say We Own The City, and that's yeah. clearly wrong. Uh, the new HBO show, also obviously on HBO Max, uh, produced, uh, I think, co-created by David Simon, but uh, George, yeah. Pelicanos, George Pelicanos also uh, co-created, and I think he's the one actually running this show. Um, but it's uh set in Baltimore based on a book uh and based on a true story uh about uh policing in Baltimore and which is, you know, familiar territory for uh both uh David Simon and George Pelicanos. And um yeah, the first so this uh we're recording this on Monday, uh obviously, so the second episode is already airing now. Uh and the so the second episode will be out for all of you. This is just based on the first episode, uh which Tori has not seen and Dustin has. hmm And sorry. God Tory. You 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 had Bridgerton of, instead. You, you had to wow. watch Moon Knight and Bridgerton. Um <sighs> uh, <laughs> but it's uh I don't I mean I don't know, Dustin, what do you think? Because it's to me it was just it was really well done. Uh I mean, you know the the pedigree behind it is obvious. Uh, David Simon, obviously creating the wire among many, many other shows, uh, that were critically acclaimed and sparsely viewed.
0: Um, uh, I think I saw David Simon had some sort of tweet. It's like, Oh, the show that I'm releasing next week, you'll all love in nine years.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Everyone will be talking about it in
3: 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: but, uh, there's something in it j- besides the you know obviously the writing and the craft is is excellent but uh, John Bernthal uh, as as the lead uh, 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 what's his character's name um, I don't Jenkins, remember something Jenkins uh, Wayne Jenkins uh, he's like his his performance is just so just... like f-
0: interesting and. And like, he's got this swagger and this weighty yeah. walk. Oh, holy shit! Like,
1: like he looks like he looks like John Bernthal and sounds like John Bernthal doing an accent, kind of. But but it's but he's just so he he feel, like you know it's him, and he embodies this character, creates this character that feels wholly real, and uh, you know f- you know very sure of himself, um, and you know charming and. Uh, Probably terrible. I mean, you know, oh, by yeah. the end of it, it, I'm assuming. For sure. Yeah. Um uh uh Masaku, who was in uh Loki, uh also is, you know, I mean she, we're I think she's given less to do in the first episode, but like even her introduction is really cool and just the uh, mm-hmm. a, as kind of a um a lawyer who, you know, will probably oh, be yeah. investigating him. He's um, wonderful. Josh and, Charles uh, josh charles as like <laughs> Holy the, the like that's the, pinnacle, the dustin thing <laughs> yeah but but, but no like he's as like playing a very anti-josh charles yes character. like
0: oh incredibly like the last thing he's like a racist corrupt awful cop <gasps> yeah he's, yes. he's the character
1: who when uh when masaku at one point she asks uh she asks i believe a judge and also uh maybe a prosecutor uh, uh-huh. and she asks more than one person like if i were to ask you for like the basically the worst cop that you know in terms of like uh you know uh racism and uh and profiling and and uh just you know beating up people for no reason um not in those words but you know that's that's kind of what she's looking for and they all name his character instantly. <laughs> like oh it's this guy this is yeah, who you want this is the one
3: into. this is the dirt bag
1: yeah um and you're introduced to him and he's just so shitty. And yes. like so and it's not even that he's he, he's shitty in like an incredibly petty way too. That you're just like, Oh, you're you're like you're like the uh the amalgamation of like every every worst version of this person that, that you can think of. Um so he's
3: he's playing the role that would normally be Pablo Schreiber.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I was at a, a like a Jewish New Year event yesterday, and I was talking to a neuroscientist who happens to be from Baltimore. And I said, "Have you seen uh, we own the city?" And he goes, "I've never heard about it." And then he proceeded to start talking about uh, you know the crime problem back in in Baltimore and how they had just recently had this big scandal involving uh, you know a gun program and the gun task force and the police chief had to resign. I'm like, that's exactly what this show is. <laughs> You're yeah. describing to me what this show yep. is. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Uh, it's, yeah. John Bernthal is incredible. And I think it, it does feel like, a lot of people have called it like a spiritual sequel to The Wire and it does feel like that. And there are a lot of Wire alums in it.
1: Mm-hmm. But to be clear, this is based on a... On real events, right? Uh, or like more, more recent real events, like um, very recent. Yeah, like twenty fifteen, twenty seventeen are the timelines at least in the first episode. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like there's there's no you should watch it. There's no there's no uh, real reason not to unless you don't like good television. Yeah, I guess so because it's not it's not violent. It's uh, yeah, it's not, plays... even, it's not even upsetting in like a, I mean, it's upsetting in like a, oh yeah, this stuff happens kind of way, not in like a, you know, it's not overly violent, overly, I guess there's a little nudity, there's like a strip club scene, but, um, even that is kind of like fairly tame, uh, for HBO, <laughs> right? Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and a lot of it is, Two people talking in a room, the way that, you know, it, it, it makes it, feel, which kind of grounds it in a way that makes it feel very uh, truthful, um, you know, even though this is obviously still a TV show and, and a, an interpretation of these events. But
0: I would say uh, give it 10 minutes. And if you don't like that Burnthal speech in the beginning, then.
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah. Um, just, uh, yeah, if you, if you don't like it in the first 10 minutes, then, well, maybe, maybe. Uh, Go watch Moon Knight. Go wow! <laughs> I thought you were going to take a shot at Bridgerton again. Um, well, yeah. Anyway, it's it's not unfortunately when there's a show like this, it feels like there's kind of less to say because it's just it's good, it's really good, and you should watch it. Uh, is kind of the the consensus.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm already bummed that there's only six episodes and <laughs> it's like a limited series.
1: Um. Yeah, but you know that's that's not not every story has to go on. I before, know. Dustin, I know. You know? Some I, stories can have a finite ending.
0: I know, but I would like watch twenty years of the wire, and this feels that's, like getting
2: a nice depressing.
0: bonus episode. Yeah. I know it's depressing, but goddamn.
1: <laughs> oh, Dustin!
0: Good television, man.
1: Yeah, I can't I wait a to watch it. I had a segue and I lost it. Now it's gone. Um, I don't know how
0: you're going to get here to the last show that we're covering.
1: Well, it was going to be something about HBO Max, but then we never really oh, HBO, huh. but we never really talked about it in that way. Uh, and then I was thinking, oh, maybe something about limited series. Like, could this have been a limited series? Because it could have. Anyway, Made for Love. Uh, <laughs> That's
3: the Asian- show Asian- yeah, we here, did No, here's the only segue we need. It's just okay. like of all the. Wonderful to mediocre shows that we've talked about tonight. The one show we've all seen. <laughs>
1: there you go. Weirdly, was made
3: for love. <laughs> uh, season so-
1: two premiered last week. Uh, two episode with the first two episodes of season two. Uh, it's the uh, uh, science fiction comedy dramedy uh, on HBO Max, where Kristen Miliotti is a uh, married to a tech genius who was kind of keeping her uh captive or semi-captive in his weird uh vr ar-ish house uh she escaped chaos ensued um at the end of last season she returned willingly to him uh because he promised that he could cure uh, her father's cancer um and that's where we kick off the new season, more or less.
3: Yeah, um, and her dad is
1: uh, is
0: uh, Ray, Romano.
1: Ray Romano. Ray Romano,
3: and yeah. so yeah, we pick we pick it up, and she has tricked her father into um, having he moved. She moves him into the hub. They right. she gets her husband to like recreate her father's house, his entire mm-hmm. like life. Um, so that he can be kept there and they can like knock him out when they need to do treatment but like he doesn't realize any of it's going on because technically he hasn't told her that he has cancer she's not supposed to know right um so they're they're keeping secrets from each other and so she spends half of her time in the hub pretending she's like working at a bowling alley mm-hmm. and like living on her sleeping on her dad's couch and then mm-hmm. the other half of the time like wandering like not really, recon. Well, the the husband's trying to reconcile with her, but she's just like, you know, essentially being held hostage a second time. She just has right. more access, right? Um, but the two, I think the two new developments that are really interesting, uh, to me at least, are the FBI agent who is infiltrating Gogol, mm-hmm. the
2: handsome FBI agent,
3: very handsome. So last season, she. He's the guy that she like hooked up with in the bar, right? Is he? Or he, or he hit on her. Uh, Possibly.
1: Last season I was a long time ago. I think so. There were they had some kind of connection last season, which I don't yeah. recall.
3: They either, I know they had a conversation in the bar. I can't remember if he's the one that she slept with because she definitely like went home with somebody. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so that guy turns out that he was an FBI agent who was like, you know, they've been investigating Google, And so, um, he has now infiltrated, he's gotten hired by the company and taken to the hub.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But he's not allowed any contact with the outside. So he's trying to find a way to get information back out. Um, and she, of course, immediately recognizes him with the like, you know, uh, train, during the training for like new employees. So she's able to kind of like talk to him and find out what's going on. So she has this opportunity, because she has more access, to help him and maybe bring down Byron. Um, And the other development is that uh, (laughs) Byron, despite the fact that he is continuing to, he's trying to win back um, her trust, Mm -hmm. Hazel's trust, and, you know, takes the chip out of her head and, you know, he, he's acting like he, everything is very transparent and he's like really trying to to form this bond with her. Uh, when they took the chip out of her head, uh, it had a copy of her personality and he downloaded it into a program with a copy of his personality because he's working on some sort of eternal virtual life.
1: Right.
3: So now there are, are very content copies of both of their characters who may or may not be in love in this like even more virtual world than the world that they're currently
0: in. Right. They're also naked without genitals.
3: Right. Um, Because again, he, you know, and this is like, is that just that it's future, you know, whatever like this, it's, I think part of the joke is just that his, if it's a virtual reality or, you know, some sort of creation of that guy, um, and he's like always been, he's very squicked out by anything disgusting and sex and stuff like that. So it's like, of course you, he would imagine some sort of eternal life where nobody has genitals.
2: Right.
3: Um, uh, also, by the end of the second season, Ray Romano has definitely figured out that he's in the hub.
0: Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. right. So that was, like that was kind of, said, of yeah. the
1: end of, end of the uh, episode. Yeah.
0: He captures the weird guy. He doesn't
3: capture. Well, he hasn't. He, he, he sees him. He
0: sees him. Yeah, yeah.
3: So uh, we saw, like, in the preview, that they're he's going to capture him and like blackmail him into like giving him good experiences. It looks like, but uh, I, I just I character. loved I loved the scene seas- the scene in the FBI office where they were just so oh. over the top.
0: Who gave the speech about how
1: handsome he was? Uh, well, was the main familiar guy was face, Diamantopoulos.
0: Oh, that's right, that's right. That's who it was, yeah. Yeah. The guy who always reminds me of um, um, Super Size Me guy.
3: Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wait, what? Chris Diamond always reminds me of um, (laughs) the Super Size Me guy. Really? Yeah, just in their sort of like the same sort of, I don't know, sleazy uh, salesmanship.
1: You mean like Morgan Spurlock? Yeah. I don't see it. You don't see it? No. Hmm. Well, anyway. I don't, I mean, (laughs) could be, could be, I could be wrong.
0: I also hate him because he, you know, tried to get with Pam.
1: Oh, right. He was sound guy. Yeah. That's right. He, Christian Montopoulos is always, I feel like anytime he shows up, I feel like he's a little too handsome to be as funny as he is.
0: Oh, he's the, uh, this guy, Fox, too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. from uh, uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's just my own hang-up. Uh, I have a question since both of you watched Made for Love. Mm-hmm. Um the, I think it's in episode two where uh, uh, Hazel goes to, uh, to see... She goes out to the pool... And then she's like excited to see the dolphin, and the dolphin runs off or it swims off. Yes. Um. And there's a there's a tech there.
3: I had to double check because so I was like, why? It, it's the guy from. Um,
1: from Kevin can fuck himself. Kevin right? can it's Ra- yeah, Raymond it's Lee. the Raymond Lee, yeah. Yeah. No, it was.
3: Um, yeah. The quantum leap
2: guy.
1: Yes, uh, he is the lead in the pilot for Quantum Leap, which uh, you know obviously hasn't been picked up yet, but if it is, then he will be a lead on NBC next year. NBC, yeah, that's right. Good for him. Um, yeah, good for him. But I was very confused because I was like, wait, Raymond Lee, Made for Love, this sounds familiar, and I Googled it, and uh, when you look it up, there are a lot of articles about how he had a recurring role in, he was supposed to have a recurring role in season one,
2: oh. Wait,
0: what?
1: And he's but he's now. not, he was never in season one, right? Not, not that I recall. I'm not just well, like blanking on. on him, or was I he there? I didn't,
3: well, hold on,
1: no recollection of him in season
0: one. I don't either, and
1: I just don't what, remember. She like I,
3: clearly recognizes him, so I maybe right. I took it for granted that he just
0: well, he is recurring
3: even in Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: He was
1: right, Jeff. but but he's not. Uh, I don't think the character that's being described is not the character that he uh, was certainly uh, in that ep- in the season two episode.
3: And he gives a different name. And he gives in, a different name. Yeah.
1: And I was just, I it, it was just one of those things where I was like, did I forget that he was in this show, or? Was it like a weird situation where, like, for whatever reason, something changed with his character? They or they wrote him out, or they had to cut him out, or whatever. And then, and then, like, but this is like the the they're like making up to him where they're like, okay, well, we brought him back as like this other person instead. Um,
3: yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: No. <laughs> also, I just. And... I was looking at Wikipedia and I see that Paula Abdul is in two episodes this
3: season. Well, she well, was yeah.
1: in, yeah, she's the, the Siri for, She uh,
3: yeah, she's the personal assistant.
0: Yeah. Oh, she is? Yeah, Yeah. the
3: FBI agent says, like, when they ask him, like, who is your childhood crush? And he said, Paula Abdul. Mm -hmm. And so she's his personal assistant when he goes into the hub. Yeah, remember they
1: did the joke where he says, she says, what do you want to name me? And he's like, there aren't any doors in here. She's like, any doors. Okay, that's a good name. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, all right. That's why
1: she's credited as any doors.
0: Oh, okay. All right, all right. (laughs)
1: Um. All right. So I, I, I may. It's possible. I, I'm just trying to understand this without going back and watching all of season one. But I, it's possible that maybe he's not. No. Maybe we didn't forget so, about Raymond Lee. Maybe he actually was not in season one.
0: He was not. So he's mentioned in Wikipedia, but he's not on IMDb. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's
3: not on IMDb even for the second season, which is. Incorrect. Weird. So I think maybe don't trust IMDb.
1: Although second season, it could be it just, it just Updated, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, but um, anyway, okay. I was just I just wasn't sure if I was uh, blanking on something.
3: Yeah, because it was a very like obvious scene. Mm-hmm. like we're cutting to this person that you should and you recognize him because you've seen him in other things but I right. couldn't but it was that weird thing of like do I recognize him because he was on the show or just because like I recognize him
0: right right interesting mystery
1: well we'll see where it goes but um uh, I don't how do you, how the two of you feel about this show just because I I'm trying to figure out where I where it lands in my kind of like level of uh, excitement when new episodes come out and I am i don't know that I'm that excited for it.
0: I but, have to say that.
1: But there's something about it that keeps me coming back.
0: Yes. I, As I mentioned to you guys, I watched 33 episodes of television between Thursday <laughs> and Sunday and Made for Love was the first two I watched. Which was like, because I was excited about it but also I don't remember them as well because I've seen 31 episodes of television since.
3: But I would do the same thing. I think the thing with Made for Love, and maybe that's, it may have less to do with the show itself, but it's, I get excited for it because it's an actual half hour show, which feels nice. Like, if they're going to drop two episodes, it's kind of the Our Flag Means Death thing. Like, if it's, Mm -hmm. if you're going to keep pumping out multiple episodes a, a week, thank God they're half hour.
2: Right.
3: Um, but it also feels lighthearted and quirky and, and it's, it's. It's different <laughs> mm-hmm. again it's that like it's a swing like I don't necessarily I'm not sure I always love you know every twist or know everything that goes on but like I'm never just disapp- I never get to the end of an episode and feel like I wasted my time like I always feel like I at least was entertained right. because between like all of the actors and the performances and like there's always some sort of surprising scenario um, a scene that was tackled in a way I wouldn't have expected or some like little development, you know, some complication to this weird world that they're building that I wouldn't have, I I wouldn't have foreseen. Um, I feel like it always surprises me, but it's like a, it's a gentle sort of enjoyment. It's not the mind blowing, you know, this show is incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like,
0: Oh, this is nice. It's a good... Yeah. It's a nice... It
3: goes down easy.
0: What, what, is, what does Dan call them? A nice hang show? Uh chill show?
1: Hang out. Hang hang out. out show. Yeah. Chill hang out.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's true. Sometimes that is all you want. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't fold laundry to it. Like, I do want to actually be paying mm-hmm. attention. Right. But I don't have to pay attention for that long.
0: <laughs> Which is nice. I mean, on Thursday, there were so many new shows in the... All debuted with like two or three episodes. Yeah, it was nice to be able to knock one out.
3: Yeah. So I guess it's a step up from. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) What does that that shake out to be?
1: (laughs) It's it's uh, well, what it's found a way to be, uh, uh, to be worth watching without feeling like a requirement yes which is probably where you want to be
2: yeah it really
1: is and,
3: and if we're being honest it doesn't feel like anything else on television which yeah. in and of itself is you know miraculous right,
1: right. <laughs> um oh one last thing uh before i forget that i completely forgot uh season one was that uh, I forgot that one of the many creators, because I think there are four credited creators on the show, is Patrick Somerville, who did Station Eleven.
2: Yes! Oh, oh. Yeah.
1: Um, I'd completely forgotten that he was involved with... I don't think he's there running it day-to-day. I think that's uh, Christina Lee. But, um, yeah, I was like, oh, that's right. He's also involved with this somehow. <laughs> um, anyway, that just... Uh, and also uh i was thinking about station 11 today and uh really want to rewatch it even though there's too much tv
2: damn damn
1: damn i just really want to like that show made me feel things which is very rare and uh I, i'm not saying i enjoyed it but uh you know yeah. if i yeah, it if i awkward. wanted if i want to feel things then maybe maybe that's what i should do just did watch you
0: did you story. see the finale of pachinko
1: uh, <laughs> shoot. I was I was really hoping that we would avoid this. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to tonight after all right, this. All right, that's fine. That's fine. After this episode, uh, but you can I'm, feel I, things there. I'm excited for it. Uh, I will say the penultimate episode. I was a little bit less. Uh,
0: that was a weird sort of like like a weird. It's not placement. that it
1: wasn't. It's not that it wasn't good. It was because no, it I, was it was good but uh,
0: she's felt like a fourth or fifth episode and not a penultimate episode
1: i'm assuming i'm Well, I'm, what i'm hoping is that that episode was placed there because of some kind of insight we need from it going into the finale which again i haven't seen yet i will watch it soon um but uh, also picked up for a second season so they'll be back good um which is good uh but yeah, that's that's uh maybe next week we'll talk about it if I if I, I I will watch it, but just you know, there's there's a lot, so who knows if we'll
2: uh <laughs> who
0: knows get, if there will even be a next week. What
1: are you talking about? I don't, I don't know. know. Every, there's look, always stuff. a next week. Damn the it. universe continues. We may not be here, but the, <laughs> the universe
0: will go on.
3: This is just, what are you guys talking about? I don't know. doesn't make it depressing and weird. This We're is what fine. happens.
0: This is what happens when I drink Stella instead of vodka. Oh,
3: well. What, you just get existential? I guess so. <laughs> well, facts <back> of
0: vodka.
1: <laughs> this feels like a good place to end now that, now that it's a real downer of a note. Oh. Um,
3: wait, no, real quick. Oh, yes. Um, J.S., I watched Spy Family. I did catch up on that episode. I just want you to know that and it was delightful. Uh
1: the good thing is that we do know that JS usually reaches the end. Hi JS. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, Mad Men so,
0: is better than Halt and Fire. Well,
1: that wasn't JS, but also I know no, I know. You're wrong, I Dustin. just wanted to throw that in. You're incorrect and uh you know, we're we're we, we stand by the the audience unlike Dustin.
2: Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> Not only does Dustin lie and cheat, but he also
0: is Is apparently wrong. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. and that's fine. me and like
0: everyone.
3: Yeah, well, not everyone.
1: (laughs) Just not everybody, and (laughs) and also Dustin. Yes, sometimes the the people can be wrong. Um. Anyway, that's the show. We'll be back (laughs) next
2: week. Uh, Have a good night. Good night, night, everybody. everybody.